Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Welcome into the Osmo MMA Strategy Shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC Vegas number 39, which goes down on Saturday afternoon from the UFC Apex, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time start for the prelims. Main card starts 4 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, we're going to break down each and every fight for you. Of course, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. We'll talk about Monkey Knife Fight here later on in the show. Give you some Monkey Knife Fight picks for the main event and co-main event. Of course, main event, Mackenzie Dern taking on on Marina Rodriguez and one of the kind of the crazy notes about this card we've only had one short notice change throughout this fight card I guess I probably just put the kiss to death means probably about cult cancellations tomorrow so we'll see what happens of course as always I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Pete uh, first off 10 fights here on Saturday afternoon as you've done your evaluation of the card in terms of roster constructions what's kind of some of your initial thoughts on this one Oh, what's up, man? Um, happy to have you here for a, another strategy show. Uh, love doing these shows with you, of course, and we appreciate everybody out there. Um, I'll say probably starting at the main event is a priority for me. It's a five-round bout. You have uh, both fighters coming in at $8,200 and $8,000, respectively. It's, hard, it's tough to get away from that, right? Like Each and every week, it seems like that price range is a part of the optimal or something within that range. Um and uh, it, you know, it's hard to go wrong at that salary. Now you add in two possible more rounds, um, the grappling nature of Mackenzie Dern, the high output striking of uh, Marina Rodriguez. So I, I just see how you, you have to prioritize that fight, in my opinion. Um, and then after that, it's, it's, it's a little tricky because we don't have the, a crazy amount of fights. So I think that leaving salary on the table is probably my next step. Uh, I don't feel the need to to spend everything because you already know that you're going to end up, you know, splitting with a ton of people at the top. If you do so, um, I will definitely make a rule to to make sure I leave some salary on the table. Yeah, I mean, as I look at the fight card, I think there's a couple of fights just because of salary that kind of stick out to me. You mentioned main event. I, I just don't think we can avoid that main event, especially when we're talking about over on, on the DraftKings side of things at eighty two hundred and eight thousand. FanDuel maybe maybe potentially a little bit of a difference there at, at twenty and eighteen. McKenzie during twenty dollars, eighteen dollars for Rodriguez there. Um, I look at the Sabina Mazo Agapova fight. I think just because of salary, I think that's a fight that we're, I'm going to be looking at a lot. The heavyweight matchup. I mean, look. Romanoff is going to be the very popular fighter, but you know, we, we did, even though you're, you're, that is your boy, we did see that gas tank really wear down in the third round in that last matchup against Espino. So to me, that's one. And I mean, look, you're not going to feel comfortable about it, but the first fight of the night, you probably got to prioritize because probably someone's getting stopped in that one. Yeah, it's definitely a weird slate. And my boy Romanoff is back after a, uh, an embarrassing 
result in the in his his last fight against Juan Espino, where he looked good in moments, and then his gas tank is just completely uh, emptied, and he looks like he's going to be a sitting duck in the in the following round, and he really nurses a low kick, um, and you know it it probably landed, but I think that he somewhat exaggerated it and and got out of the fight to avoid a potential loss, but. I really feel like that that matchup, we talked about it, it was a very competitive fight, and I thought that both fighters would be tested throughout, and we it, they definitely were. They're both high-level heavyweights, in my opinion. Now I think that he has a, a better matchup against uh, Jared Vandera, um, you know, who did look good in his, his past fight, but I do think that there's a glaring hole in his game that Romanov can possibly exploit. So uh, I, I will be looking at Romanov, and I'm sure we'll get to the fight, but uh, he's definitely one of my favorite 9,000 options. Yeah, I mean, look, it's you know, one of those things, and we'll talk about Romanoff a little later on. I think uh, you're pretty confident this thing ends in the first round. Romanoff's going to win, but, man, long that fight goes, something that's going to be kind of a little bit of concerning there. Of course, uh, if you have any questions on these fights, uh, leave that right now. If you're a Awesome Plus member in our premium Slack channel, or you can do that right here on YouTube. We'll get to those as we do go throughout the show. Of course, uh, if you're not subscribed also right here on YouTube, you got to do that. we got a ton of great programming for you each and every day. Of course, come up here later tonight get you ready for the nfl slate here tonight of course uh, also if you're not a member also plus you want to get a peek at what's behind the paywall today's free premium data and tools is nfl showdown slash single game projections and mlb player projections look i don't watch a ton of baseball these days but uh we'll be watching a little raised baseball here tonight it's mainly because i don't have access to watch raised baseball because the regional sports network's not on youtube tv that's you know it's such a crazy thing right i love the Rays tonight i really do um I got to say, I'm quite disappointed. I liked my Yankees the other night, and uh, they put a hole in my pocket. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that the Rays are a nice play tonight. I'm, I I love baseball, especially this time of year. Yeah, man. So, uh, of course, uh, we'll have you covered here later on today here at awesomeo.com. Of course, let's get right into these fights. Main event, Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez. So, I'm doing my show, uh, my podcast that comes out Wednesdays. I do it on Tuesday afternoons. And so I had, at that point, Pete, I had not even looked at the betting odds. I was actually surprised to see how, how much of a favorite that Mackenzie Dern was in this matchup. She's minus 170 plus 145 Marina Rodriguez. I mean, look, breaking down this fight, Pete, it's not hard. I mean, it's very simple for the Marina Rodriguez aspect. You got to obviously try to keep this fight on the feet. You don't want to play jujitsu with Mackenzie Dern and you got to look out for those overhand right hands. I mean, when I think of Mackenzie Dern, the two things that pop in my head is obviously she wants to get to the ground. She wants to play jujitsu. And the other thing is it's like Roy Nelson. She's going to throw overhand right after overhand, right? Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, her amazing grappling is going to really allow her to unleash her hands without care. She doesn't care if you mm-hmm. take it down. She doesn't care if she brings her hips to you and she closes that distance. She somewhat wants that to happen. So I can see where her striking is going to start catching up. And we've seen moments where her striking does look improved. I think that, you know, we're going to, I think that she's a potential superstar. I really do. I think her high level grappling is starting to show in, you know, all of her fights where as soon as it gets down to the mat, she can finish somebody so quickly. So, you know, so similar, like how uh, Ronda Rousey did. Um, And I do think that Mackenzie Dern has a great ceiling within this sport, Um, especially with a good coach, Jason Perillo over at Ruka. I think that he's a good boxing coach that can definitely refine Mm -hmm. her technique. Um, She can be aggressive. She can match the striking somewhat in some exchanges against uh, Marina Rodriguez. And as soon as Marina makes one mistake, 
you can you can have Mackenzie Dern go in there, close the gap, look for an inside trip. But the the one takedown I think that is going to be pivotal in this matchup is not a traditional double uh, double leg like a lot of wrestlers or uh, takedown artists try against people where you know a nice sprawl or stuff in the head works well. It's a head outside single that I've seen her do a lot. She she marches mm-hmm. forward, snatches up that single leg, and then she really does a nice dump with it. Um, and she's very explosive. And I think that a, a fighter in Marina Rodriguez, once it hits the mat, I think she's going to have a nightmare um, trying to avoid the ground and pound, which I think if Mackenzie Dern starts to implement strong ground and pound, she's going to be even a better force for this division. Uh, you know, ground and pound to open up the submission. My, my jiu-jitsu coach is a phenomenal coach. Um, and and that's what he t- teaches me throughout the camp is uh, mm-hmm. tons of ground and pound to make somebody get desperate, and then the submission comes. And I think that's where Mackenzie Dern can start to to really dominate in this division. So I really like her here. I was actually surprised that she wasn't uh, – for DraftKings, I was surprised that she wasn't like in the 86, 8,800, to be honest. I understand that Marina Rodriguez is the better striker, absolutely, um, and she's looked good. I just really think Mackenzie Dern is a potential superstar right here. My thing is, if if Rodriguez can keep this fight on the feet, I really like her in this spot. But the problem is, we both know, at some point, this thing's likely going to hit the mat now. One of the concerns I think I would have about Mackenzie Dern is if this fight hits the fourth and fifth round, what does that gas tank look like? We have no idea yeah. what it looks like. You know, I mean, look, early on in her career, the big knock on Mackenzie Dern was about her battle with the scale. There's not been any issues there, uh, you know, but as a leverage play, you know, when we're talking about playing multiple lineups, I think Marina Rodriguez is someone you got to put in there because the field is going to be high on McKenzie during this situation. Um, you know, look on, on the betting side of this. Um, if you're gonna, if you're looking for a prop bet on McKenzie Dern, you might as well start looking at her to win round one, round two, round three, round four. You know, there it's not a great line on her to win by submission. It's plus one hundred. I did, I do like the Marina Rodriguez wins by decision prop at plus four hundred. I think that's a a nice little juicy play there. But I mean, look, she. Has has to keep this fight on the feet, but like you mentioned right there at the beginning, high volume puncher. Those are things you like over on the FanDuel side of the equation. If you want to play Maria Rodriguez, you know, she's going to have to stop takedowns, but um, you know, look, there's, you know, I understand why Mackenzie Dern is the favorite here, but the question, me, the question is twofold with her is how long does it take her to get to the ground? And if this thing hits the championship round, what's that gas tank like? Yeah, I mean, great points, valid points. I think that Marina Rodriguez is more of a platform play for me. Like, I, I would use her over on FanDuel because if she can stop some takedowns, she could have an elevated total, elevated score. Mm-hmm. On DraftKings, there is value at 8,000 because, obviously, you know, she's, you know, at that threshold, that 8,000 and under threshold. Um, for me, I, I love the value of Mackenzie Dern. I probably won't get to more than about 20%, 15, 20% of Marina Rodriguez just because of what I've seen on film. And I do think that the finishing ability of Mackenzie Dern is just at such a high level. I think that she can start to piece things together. And uh, I think the best is yet to come, to be honest. So uh, it's it's a slight uh, play for Marina Rodriguez at about 20% for me, but uh, I'm heavily favoring Mackenzie Dern. Just pulled up the stats over at UFCstats.com. And, you know, obviously a majority of Mackenzie Dern's fights in the UFC have ended in the first round. The only time that she has been able to score multiple takedowns in a fight was actually in her loss against Amanda Hebos uh, back there in 2019. She's, um, you, you look at it, her first fight against Ashley Yoder, a three-round decision. She only had one takedown in that one. She had two against Amanda Hebos, zero against Amanda Bobby Cooper, zero against Hannah Cyphers, um, zero against 
Ronda Marco, she did have five uh, submission attempts in that one, uh, and none against uh, Jana Roby. I mean, so I mean, I mean, look, if you're going to be a McKenzie Dern backer, your thought has got to be this fight's going to hit the ground. She gets jujitsu, ultimately gets that submission that win there. But like, like you said a little while ago, this is a fight that we definitely have to prioritize. Of course, co-main event will be a matchup between Randy Brown and Jared Gooden. Eighty-eight hundred for Randy Brown, seventy-four hundred for Jared Gooden, nineteen and twelve dollars respectively. The over there, over on Fan duel um obviously randy brown this is a guy we've seen in the ufc now for some time you know when, when i think of randy brown i think of length you know a guy who wants to stand on the outside jared gooden I, i've known this guy for years um yeah, yeah he, look he, he's gonna he, he likes to throw them bungalows uh, yeah absolutely um i'm nervous with for this fight i really am like i'm pretty confident mckenzie Dern. i'm nervous in this matchup at the co-main event you always hear me talk about prioritizing main event and co-main event underdogs and I think this is a spot to look in Jared uh, Jared Gooden's direction. Um, I love Randy Brown. I'm a big Randy Brown guy. I love his length for the division. I love his height, his jab, his boxing fundamentals. And I think that gives problems to most of the division. Now, you know, it's pretty sneaky is that Jared Gooden has almost the same exact reach, 78 inches to 77 inch uh, reach. So it's it's not a big advantage in uh, Randy Brown's, um, you know, department. So it's it's a little interesting because a brown can stick on the outside and pick people apart um i love his submission game which seems to to be you know ever evolving i like mm-hmm. what i've seen from jared gooden in his past fight i was not on him in that bout i thought that stolze what uh you know i i like what i've seen from stolze and then jared gooden yeah. really surprised me because off of back-to-back losses in the ufc starts to show that power there are problems with gooden and he stays in the middle he does not move his head he seems like he can take shots like crazy, which is a good thing if he could come from behind and, uh, you know, pull off a victory. But I'll tell you, his head movement is, is lackadaisical. He doesn't really keep his hands, uh, you know, in, a, in the best defensive positions. I think a guy like Randy Brown with his power and speed could possibly capitalize. But with all that being said, this is a matchup I will be prioritizing because I have a really good feeling that Randy Brown's a ever-evolving fighter within the division. I like him a lot. But I'm nervous about the power of Gooden because uh, Gooden, you know, shut off the lights of uh, Stolze pretty quickly. We have seen Brown hurt, rocked, and finished, especially from hammer fist from the bottom from, uh, you know, a Nico Price, which is somewhat of a fluky win, fluky loss, whatever you want to call it. Um, And uh, I don't know, man. I I think that these guys are going to get into an exchange and really push each other. And I think the the victor is going to end up here with about 95-plus points, so – um, Gooden's one of my favorite underdogs on the entire slate, but it's a slight lean in Randy Brown's direction, about 60, 40 for me. I mean, you kind of forget Randy Brown has been in the UFC for some time now, yeah. been since, uh, 2016. I mean, you know, I mean, you look at his recent losses below Muhammad, Nico price, Vicente Luque, we're talking about all, you know, top 15 caliber one seven years in the UFC. I mean, Vicente Luque probably going to get the winner uh, of the title fight there at the beginning of, of November between Kamaru Usman and, and Colby Covington. I mean, look, it's, you know, it is, you know, you look at the reach, you would think that, Randy Brown would have a bigger reach advantage than he does. The fact that he's three inches taller than Jared Gooden, but as you mentioned, it's only a one-inch one. Jared Gooden, man, it's just, God, tough. Tough to trust him, you know? Tough to trust him because, I mean, the thing is, I just know, I mean, yeah, he may go out there and get a knockout, but, man, he's going to put himself in the fire, and that's what that's what concerns me. Yeah, I mean, he, he does that because, to this point, not many people have really taken advantage of Gooden's mislaps or, or you know, defensive you know, deficiencies. I, I think a guy like Randy Brown, 
who looks better and better each fight. I think that he's the guy that could possibly expose him in a, in a situation like that. Like, oh, you're not going to move your head. I'm going to hit you and piece you up with my long shots, and then I'm going to end up dropping you and finishing you. Um, who has the wrestling advantage in this matchup? It's it's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the submission side would definitely, well, you know, would definitely favor Randy Brown. As far as the actual wrestling. I don't know who who would favor here. I, I think that they both can nullify each other a bit, and then this will be more of a, a striking affair. I might give a slight wrestling advantage good in this one. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I was leaning. Um, but yeah, man, I tell you, Gooden's a great underdog on this slate. I will have plenty of him within my lineups. I will make a rule on FantasyCruncher at Osmo.com to uh, prioritize this fight for sure. Yeah, of course, uh, when you get access to all the great premium data and tools we have over awesomeo.com, you got to sign up for that awesomeo pass. Of course, uh, great to, you know, you talk about those ownership projections. That that was what I was working on right here for the show, putting uh, into into my uh, spreadsheet there what the ownerships are. So you got to check out that. Of course, uh, right now during the show, we do got a promo go- going on. We use the promo code MMA Strategy Show, one word. All caps, MMA strategy show for 25% off your first week of also plus platinum. And if you just want to also plus weekly package, you get those as low as $2.95 a week. Stop guessing, start winning. Join awesome plus today. Yeah, you got to take advantage of that top fighter tool. That is the one tool that I'm always making sure looking at. I'm looking at where can I get some leverage plays. I'm looking for those fighters that are under 20% ownership over on DraftKings. Over on the FanDuel, what I'm really looking forward to is what is that MVP ownership. Because you always know there's going to be one, two, maybe three fires that everyone's going towards the MVP. You try to find maybe some other ones that maybe can help you separate yourself from the field. So be sure to take advantage of that promo we got going on, MMA Strategy Show, for 25% off your first week of Osmo Plus Platinum. Move on. We got Next up, we got Tim Elliott taking on Matthias Nikolai, 7,700 for Tim Elliott, 8,500 for Matthias Nikolai. Of course, uh, you know, I really look at Tim Elliott, you know, moving back to Kansas City last year back under the leadership of James Krause there. You know, he had been in Vegas there for, for a little while. I mean, look, you, you, know, you think of Tim Elliott. I mean, when this guy wins, I mean, he is a DraftKings stud, always going for takedowns. But I thought his last fight, you kind of saw that that influence of James Krause a little bit, fighting a, a little bit of a, a more of a smarter fight, not that wild man style. But, you know, the one thing about Tim Elliott is, you know, when he takes on the top 15 guys, it just seems like he can't get over that hump. Yeah, uh, I think that Tim Elliott is um, is a, an exciting fighter for sure. I think that he blends takedowns together pretty beautifully. I think that his grappling and scrambling is is nice, but he does have some mislaps where he gets caught in submissions or he'll get outworked and outpaced uh, it, once he has a cardio drop-off. I do love the James Krause influence. I think that it's a great fit for him. Uh, you have a, a guru trying to basically calm down the madman and, you know, refine his technique. You've seen what he's done to a Derek Minner. Uh, you know, the, the list goes on of who James Krause has, has really just mm-hmm. influenced over the years and turning into one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the game right now. So uh, it's always tough for me to not get behind a James Krause guy. And I think that Tim Elliott will be very popular because of his floor. Um, you know, even in a loss at 7,700, he could still get you 60, 70 points uh, it's just his style. That's what he does. He brings together a high pace with, you know, tons of takedowns, tons of takedowns, attempts, uh, possible control time. Uh, it used to be nice when there was advances and all that stuff, but you know, we're not, yeah. we don't have that anymore. It's missing. So, uh, 
You know, on the other side, we have Mateus Nicolau, a guy that I trained with one time, and I didn't even realize it, um, up at New England Combat with my boy Nate. Um, I, I think that this kid is really, really skilled for the division, and I think that he can provide some problems for for uh, Tim Elliott. I really do. This kid uh, is, a, is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt or brown belt, uh, talented on the ground, has good wrestling himself, uh, good striking, definitely will have the edge in the striking department. I think that he's going to be a, a nightmare for Tim Elliott because if Tim Elliott gets lazy in any situation, which we've seen in, in the past, you know, the Brandon Royville fight really like, it's just like, so um, it's just, it's a fresh memory, right? Like I just remember that, like he was taking Brandon Royville down and Royville's a stud. And then he just, he, he ended up getting submitted in that situation. So I actually think that Mateus Nicolau at 8,500 might be one of my best mid range plays. And I think that he could possibly get a finish over Tim Elliott. I think that Tim Elliott has had some great performances, some great wins. He speaks that he's feeling better than ever now. And it could be the case. I just think that uh, Mateus Nicolau is a, is a rising fighter within the division. And uh, I think that he's going to edge out Tim Elliott in this fight. The one thing is I look at both these guys, I think it just comes down to who's got the better takedown defense or yeah. is this a fight that we just see play out on the feet? Because when both these guys have had success, it's because of getting those takedowns. You know, Nikolai, we've seen him get those takedown attempts. You know, and you think about Tim Elliott, you know, it's that, to me, it's that relentless pressure that he's going to bring to try to take this fight to the ground. So I do kind of wonder, is this a fight that more plays out on the feet or does it ultimately come down to who's got the better takedown defense? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Nikolaou's going to have to defend takedowns. And if his takedown defense is not up to par, then he could be losing minutes, which means you're losing rounds. Um, so far in the UFC, he has not been taken down. Um, but I think that that's going to change. I think that he can end up uh, reversing some positions and putting Tim Elliott in some bad situations as well. Mm -hmm. Tim Elliott has some really, really sneaky throws. He'll catch, like, fighters with, with throws, head and arm throws, uh, you know, um, hip throws. Like, I think that he's a very tricky fighter and against a tricky fighter, um, you, you have to be very careful, but I do like Mateus Nicolau, especially at that price range. I like him here at 8,500. I think that he could get us a sneaky total. I will be targeting him and probably be over the field. Next up, we got a female matchup. Sabina Mazo taking on Maria Agapova. 8,300 for Mazo. Agapova, 7,900 over on FanDuel. It's $15 for Mazo, $14 for Agapova. Of course, uh, we all remember Agapova, you know, massive betting favorite against Shane Dobson. Doesn't get the win there. If you look at her Instagram, this is one of the things that's concerning about Agapova. Now, Maria Moroz, I want to say it was maybe last year, earlier this year, kind of talked about. Um, the issues outside of fighting with Agapova, um, of some of the issues that, that she does have. And, but to me, the concerning thing we go on our Instagram feed is more about Agapova. Um, she's made the trips around the South Florida gyms, I guess, about the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she's a gym hopper and she bounces around. Um, down, down in Florida, that's a little odd, especially when I've seen some fighters training at ATT and also Sanford MMA. It's, somewhat of a, a head scratcher. Uh, I, I don't really understand that because it used to be two rival gyms, um, which I, well, she, I think that the ATT Sunrise and and Sanford, I think they have a good relationship, but the main yeah. ATT may not. It, it's just a weird situation, right? Like for me, you that's like Yankees and Red Sox. It's, it's quite <laughs> odd. Um, but uh, up here in New England, right? Like we are forced to to go from gym to gym to gym because that's where the best practices are. Uh, that's where some of the best fighters are. And, uh, you know, our opportunities of training with high level fighters and teammates 
they're limited down in Florida. It's like the Mecca of mixed martial arts. You, there's everything down there. So for her to be going from gym to gym to gym, is just a little strange up here in new England. It's more like the norm. You have Calvin Cater and all these guys, Rob font, uh, myself, you, you have a ton of different people up here just traveling to go to practice to practice. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm interested in this matchup. I am so salty about Agapova screwing up the last fight. I don't think I can get back to her at this fight. I really can't. Uh, she's aggressive. Uh, and that aggressiveness was used against her because, you know, her cardio abandoned her. And then she was a sitting duck and ended up getting, uh, you know, finished by Shayna Dobson, one of the lowest level fighters in the UFC. And uh, I think that Sabina Mazo is a threat everywhere in this fight. And I think that she's very, very calculated. And her calculated presence, I think, will be the difference maker here. I like her at 8,300. I'm not touching Agapova. I don't care. She screwed it up last time. I can't go there, Jason. I think I'm going to have a lot of Sabina Mazo. And yeah. it might be a little bit, maybe I, I might be over the field on this one. Uh, I just, you know, obviously you mentioned about the cardio issues. You know, the, you know, the fact that she was at, att main gym there at coconut creek i believe she actually got kicked out of att coconut yeah. creek she's done she's trained any master she's trained stanford she's trained att sunrise you know, a, lot, a lot of concerns there in terms of her there um but like to me i think it's just you know the price point of 8300 you know when you, I, you can put her in your lineup that's that's going to help your roster construction out so much there uh but you know look i, I think Sab uh, sabina mazo is going to be a popular play here but man i just i i don't know how you can trust agapova after what we saw against dobson you can't right like what are we putting stock into like that she's training with a lot of good talent because she's at six of the seven florida gyms like i, I can't do that um i like sabina mazo she seems a little bit more stable she's uh, you know, trains at Kings MMA. She also, you know, ha has a good foundation that she's building on in her jujitsu. I think that she actually has the grappling edge in this, even though she, her grappling is not strong at all. I just don't think that Agapova, I think Agapova was, uh, I think she was a fake man. I, I, I think that we kind of got overblown with uh, the, the first performance against Hannah Cyphers where her aggressiveness, you know, shine through. But even if you go back on the contender series, I think that there are some glaring holes in Agapova's game and, you know, losing to Tracy Cortez isn't anything to be upset about, but getting taken down four times. I just, I don't think that she's all that good uh, against some of these top tier fighters. And I think Sabino Mazo is on her way up. Uh, Dave mentioned about it. He goes, I forgot which female fighter did an interview about her, but yeah, that's what she said. Drug issues and sporadic aggressive behavior. Dave. Yeah. That was Marina Morose. Yes. Um, who, uh, basically apparently had told the people at ATT, she didn't want to train with her. Um, cause I guess they, they both lived in the same apartment complex and she had, wrecked, she had wrecked a car. Cops were showing up. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I don't want to do podcasts with Jason anymore. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh man i i don't blame her though like I, I don't blame her at all like that girl can get you hurt and you know like in a gym who you should train with and like who you shouldn't you know you're taking food off my table oh. because you want to be an idiot you know what i mean so i totally don't blame marina moroz at all um it doesn't sound like agapova is the best person to have in the gym and i think that some of her inconsistencies in her performances there's an underlying factor there. And I think it's kind of what we're, you know, uh, what, what we're both kind of, you know, hinting at. And obviously you hear it way more than I do in terms of gyms. I mean, I hear, you know, you know, frequently about how there'll be just some fires. that will just say like, look, like I'm not going to train with that fighter because a they're training like it's fight night. 
And I just don't want, like, especially like, I remember hearing a story, man. It was probably about a month or two ago. One fighter is just basically like, dude, I got a fight in three weeks. I can't be having a full on fight here in the gym. Yeah, it happens a lot, Jason. And that's why a swift kick to the head settles it all. Um, (laughs) But uh, I'll tell you, man, training for a fight, it's, it's tough because you, you want to be surrounded with people you trust and you want to emulate the fight as best as possible and you want to get pushed and you want to have partners helping you and push you. But you got to be very careful because one, one, you know, one wrong mistake and, uh, you know, you're out of the fight and not getting paid for the next three, four months. Of course, uh, you mentioned about Sanford MMA. That's where Phil Hawes is at now, taking on Duran yes. Win here. And obviously, uh, when you think about this from the tail of the tape, you're going to think about the the reach major reach advantage that Phil Hawes has is one seven inch reach advantage, six feet versus five foot six Duran Win. Looking at the price tag over here, nine thousand for Phil Hawes, seventy two hundred for Duran Win, twenty two dollars over on Fando for Phil Hawes, nine dollars over there uh, for Duran win. Obviously it's a big price tag that you have to pay for Phil Hawes. Question is, do you want to get there with Phil Hawes? I mean, it's a massive reach advantage. I do think we've seen a different fighter since he made that transition over from uh, Jackson Wink over, over to Sanford MMA, but man, this is a big price point. Yeah. Uh, be careful with this matchup guys. Be very, very careful. I have some, uh, some interest in the underdog here in Duran win. I view this fight pretty similar to the co-main event where I am favoring the favorite. I do think that Phil Hawes uh, is the better overall fighter. I think that he has the better striking of the two. I don't think that's really telling anybody much. Uh, he's more explosive than the two. Um, he's more dangerous to, to get a finish. I think the one concern with Phil Hawes is always his cardio and what happens when he's pushed and met with some adversity. How does he handle and respond that respond to that? Uh, I think that Deron Wynn, a wrestler of his caliber, can definitely pose some issues to him um, because a guy who's shooting endless takedowns can zap your energy and make you into a fighter, you're, you know, a, a lesser version of yourself. And we have seen Phil Hawes in rounds two and three look like a, a less threatening version of himself who is susceptible to getting cracked, wobbled, and knocked out at any moment. Um, and he relies on his wrestling to, to somewhat carry him through the, the remaining rounds. I'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the wrestling exchanges go in this fight. I think that Duran Wynn will definitely have some some moments of success because he shoots a crazy amount of takedowns. Uh, he landed 12 of 16 against Antonio Hoyo. Um, against Gerald Mearshart, he had to be very careful and selective because of the the submission skills of Mearshart. Mm-hmm. Uh, was only one of two, ended up getting uh, submitted in the third round. Um, the fight against Darren Stewart is something that I think Phil Hawes can look at and somewhat try to emulate and be like, okay, if I fight like this, where, you know, Duran wins going to be going for, let's say 15 takedowns. He landed six against Darren Stewart, six of 15. But if, uh, Phil Hawes can get back to his feet and then start to punish him, it seems nowadays like judges are starting to value damage over control time. Um, and I do think that Hawes will be landing the more damaging shots, but this is a very, very volatile matchup. I will be favoring Phil Hawes. I just don't know if he's going to be able to get him out of there or produce at such a high, uh, high, uh, salary range at 9,000. 
One of the prop bets that I, I put down here on our sheet, Phil Hall's via decision plus two fifteen. Um, I think this is potentially a live betting uh, situation. Mm-hmm. If Deron Wynn can get out of the first round, maybe start looking at, at Deron Wynn. I mean, look, both these guys have wrestling credentials. Of course, Deron Wynn, uh, you know, has been a long time around Daniel Cormier and, and part of AKA and, and teams out there. You know, with being a wrestling coach, he's just he's a small, stocky guy. I mean, in reality, is probably has has a body frame of a welterweight, not a middleweight here. Um, but man, it's you know, I just don't know if I want to get to a nine thousand Phil Hawes. I mean, I, I you know, I'll be underweight on the field when it comes to Phil Hawes in terms of what we're seeing in terms of ownership. But you know, I just I kind of feel like that Deron wins just tough enough to get this thing to go fifteen minutes. Yeah, I definitely think that this fight's going to go the distance. Um, you talk about Phil Hawes' pre- uh, two previous fights against uh, Dawkins, 95 points, Imovov, 96 points. And in the Imovov fight, he landed four takedowns. I don't I don't see him landing four takedowns against Deron Wynn. Uh, Dawkins, he landed two takedowns. Um, you combine those takedowns with 11, 11 minutes of control time in, against Imovov and six minutes of control time against Dawkins. That, you know, that doesn't, it's not a lot of points, but it is at the same time because that's just like free mm-hmm. points. He's on top, he's getting free points. I don't really foresee that happening. If at all, it'll be a, a neutral position in the cage where, or even where uh, Deron Wynn has him pinned against the cage. So I might fade Phil Hawes this week. Um, not a full fade, but I'll definitely be underweight to the field. Mention a question we got over here for, in the YouTube chat from Dave. He says, could we bet on Wynn's takedowns even with a loss to get there with his salary? I'm running out of salary quick with this card. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. It would definitely definitely possible. I think a, a fighter like Tim Elliott in win, two guys with high takedown totals could get you there in a loss. But in order for that to happen, you need some other underdogs to all fail uh, because there you could have an underdog come through and score 100 points. And, you know, th- having a losing fighter in the lineup is not going to cut it. Uh, last week, uh, Misha Serkinov was actually in the optimal lineup and he lost. Um, and that was just a weird fight to begin with. And, you know, good, good call, Jason, with that, uh, you know, a little contrarian pick in Jocko. But I will say that Sarkinov, even though he was in a loss, scored well enough. It was only like five or six points different than Jocko in a loss. And, uh, you know, he, he got you there. By the way, uh, Thomas bringing it up, you know, Phil Halls is rocking that blonde hair. We, we've seen how well the blonde hair is done in the UFC. It's true. It's true. Uh, what, what's the other fighter? Derek Brunson? Yeah. 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 He's on Derek Brunson's a different Derek Brunson, bro. It is true. I'll tell you what, I, I love Sanford MMA. Now let's also look at this in, in Phil Hawes's direction. If there was ever a camp to get you ready for a dominant wrestler, I think Sanford MMA is filled with it. You have mm-hmm. yeah. incredible wrestlers everywhere. You may not have Duran wins, but you have like 
pretty close wrestlers that can somewhat emulate. Who's that amazing fighter that almost blew it for me in Bellator? Um, he's an amazing wrestler, and he was like a 14 or 15. Lo Logan Storley. Logan Storley, his wrestling is disgusting. I think that if, he, if Phil Hawes is working with him, it's it, it could be even a better performance for Phil Hawes if his cardio holds up. Logan is one of Robbie Lawler's main training partners. Yeah, he's the he guy is. that helps get he, he helps get Robbie ready for all the wrestlers. Logan is a beast. Logan yeah. is nasty, man. Yeah, his his wrestling is unbelievable. There, of course, this is the also MMA strategy show. Get you ready for UFC Vegas number thirty nine. Of course, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. With Monkey Knife Fight, you are in charge. They have a hundred dollar instant first match deposit of up to one hundred dollars when you sign up with the promo code Osmo. Once again, sign up with the promo code Osmo for an instant first match deposit bonus of up to one hundred dollars. Let's look at the main event, co-main event. For Total Strikes landed over at Monkey Knife Fight. So we got Marina Rodriguez, 87 and a half, Mackenzie Dern, 61 and a half. I, I just think it comes down to is if you think this thing is going to hit the fourth and fifth round, I, I think it's a, a more on Mackenzie Dern. Now the 87 and a half on Rodriguez. If you like Dern to win this one and you think it hits the fourth round, I think it's a more Dern, less Marina Rodriguez. Yeah, so in a five-round fight, Marina Rodriguez uh, landed 125 against Michelle Waterson. Now, she didn't really have to worry about defending takedowns or being on her back for a very long time. I mean, she was taken down once, but I don't really see her getting to that 88 number. Um, so I would say less on Rodriguez. And uh, I think we're going to see um, a somewhat quick finish within two rounds, so I'll say less for both. And the co-main event, Randy Brown, Jared Good, and Randy Brown, 71 and a half, Jared Good, and 51 and a half. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say more on both. I think it's a war. Really? And uh I think that this could get stretched out over 15, or we could see a late finish from either fighter. Yeah, I was kind of man. Yeah, I think double more is probably the way to go with that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's just more. To me, it's, it's that 51 and a half. It's not a big number, especially if this thing goes 15 minutes. That's just not a big number when you talk about, especially a fight that could play out there on the feed. Of course, be sure to check out Monkey Knife Fight, monkeyknifefight.com. You can download their app. And when you sign up, be sure to use that promo code Osmo for an instant first match deposit of up to $100. Let's move on to the preliminary card. We got Chris Gutierrez taking on Felipe Calaras. Chris Gutierrez, 8,900. Kalaris, 7,300. 21 and 10, respectively, over there on FanDuel. Chris Gutierrez is a guy that I've got a chance to get to know over the past couple of years. Um, you know, when I when I think of Chris Gutierrez, the first thing that comes to my mind is leg kicks. Yeah, I mean, incredible kicks. Great kicking dexterity. Uh, I think that Gutierrez striking is... Uh, some of the best within the division. And I think if he, if he mixes it all together, instead of relying solely on kicks, I think that he can put people away. You start mixing in hands, you, you, you add in the, the low calf kicks, uh, you start having your opponent guessing, and then you, you can hit him with knees and so on and so forth. I think that Gutierrez is a, an interesting fighter here at 8,900. Um, I don't think that he'll garner a lot of ownership because if you look at his point totals, he hasn't really, you know, touched an amazing total besides the uh, Vince Morales fight at 114. Uh, calf kicks can destroy anybody. We've seen it happen to some of the best fighters in the world. Dustin Poirier was hurt bad from calf kicks uh, from uh, Justin Gaethje, Jim Miller. Like you're talking about top tier fighter that is damaged by, by calf kicks. Um, I do think that the one 
narrative in this fight is that Kolaris could take uh, Gutierrez down and look to, uh, you know, possibly steal some rounds, rounds similar to uh, what Cody Dernan did against them in that draw. But I don't, it's, it's tough for me, man, because Kolaris is so damn tough and he's game. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. I think that he has the ability to submit Gutierrez because, you know, he could backpack him, uh, steal some some minutes and some uh, a round or two uh, by just controlling him there. But I'm still siding with Gutierrez in the fight, and I think that he's going to be one of the lowest owned fighters because people don't want to roster a guy that high that's going to get him a decision and not really mix in takedowns. He's just a striker, so we already know that strikers aren't favored over on DraftKings. I will have um, Felipe Colares is not one of my favorite underdogs, uh, but he's he's definitely mm-hmm. in my long shot pool that I am considering. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Takedown City here at the end of the show because we got a, a question about that. But, uh, you know, Chris Gutierrez comes out of Factory X, has been there now uh, for, for some time. But, you know, I, you, know, you think about that fight against Vince Morales, Vince Morales just basically let him kick his leg for the whole fight. And, yeah. um, and he was able to get there, but we'll see what happens there. Move on. Next, up, we got a heavyweight matchup. We got your boy, Alexander Romanoff, 9,200, Jared Vandera. Seven thousand twenty-three and eight dollars there over on FanDuel. I mean, look, Romanoff is going to be a popular play. I was actually surprised that he's on the preliminary card here. He's not on the main card. That was kind of a little bit of a surprising thing. Obviously, the last fight you talked about earlier on in the show, you know what happened there in the third round. So obviously, cardio is going to be the question there. Um, you know, look, it's if, if you're looking at Romanoff, man, I was actually surprised. How about Romanoff via TKO plus KO plus one fifty? Yeah, I like it. I like it, man. I I think that. A lot of people could be a little wary about rostering Romanoff because of how bad his cardio looked. But I'll tell you, it was more about facing Juan Espino, a guy that is somewhat of a mirror match who can who can test you in your best areas. Uh, you have a fighter who can take you down, uh, make you scramble, make you work. I think that Jared Vendera, he does have a wrestling background, and I think that he can uh, pose some resistance you know, a little bit differently than some fighters in the past against Romanov. But I'm telling you, as soon as it hits the mat, I just love what, with what Romanov can do. And I've been really tooting the, the Romanov horn for, for quite a bit now. I've been tooting the Romanov horn, but I've also been tooting the, the Tom Aspinall. And Tom Aspinall is definitely at the top of my list. Uh, Romanov is still on my list, but Aspinall is definitely my favorite. And I think that Aspinall would destroy Romanov, but that is neither here nor there. Um, I, I like Romanov. I like him to get a hype total of takedowns, control time, and eventual finish. I think he breaks the slate, to be honest. Uh, from a live betting perspective, if you want to look in Vandera's, perspe- uh, Vandera's area of, of how he can possibly win his path to victory, it's coming from behind in the third round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Just capitalizing on terrible cardio from Romanov and possibly working towards a TKO. But I can't, I can't do that. I can't get behind that. I think Romanov's too big and too powerful on top. His pressure, his ground and pound, even his unorthodox submission attempts. I think he breaks the slate. I think he finishes him within two rounds. Look, I I, I like Roman off the win, just like you do. But you know, if you're talking about, you know, I've got you know a twenty max entry, I'm gonna put Vandera in one lineup, just Perfect. as a sprinkle. Zero. Just saying. I look. I, no, I think no, you're, that- you're completely right. I'm just. I got Roman off blinders on. Uh, a safe player, I actually would probably say put him in more than one lineup because I think that it's it's definitely live, right? Like there's so many unknowns, re- you know, surrounding Romanov, and I think the stock of Romanov, in my mind, it came down when I saw that last performance. Mm-hmm. How could it not? 
No, no, no question. I mean, it, it's the concerns are there, right? You, you know, but I mean, like the fact is, like, I don't know if this fight makes it out of the first round anyway. Yeah, I'm telling you, and uh, you know, we got Sean V in there saying, "Don't overthink it." Romanov round one. I mean, that's kind of my thinking. I think he's going to go in there, and if this stretches out, you start getting nervous. You start mm-hmm. getting nervous. You really <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I love Romanov. Yeah, I mean, Romanov should win this one. I mean, look, there's, you know, uh, you know, he he's a lineup builder. Like, it's one of those things of you're, you're hand building a lineup. You're just going to click him and go click from him. there. Click him. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at the, his box score of 101.7 um, and in his previous fight that didn't even have a third round, essentially, uh, 67 points in a victory. It's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, 110 against Rogerio de Lima, 128 against Roki Martinez. Within two rounds, it's a wrap. Yeah, I mean, but I think is if you're in these, you know, multi-entry GPPs, if you want to try to separate yourself from the field, which, look, can be very tough when we're only talking about 20 fighters available to pick from, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, limiting exposure a little bit. And, I mean, look, you know, his his ownership is going to be, it's, it's going to be insane. He's going to be the highest owned fighter on, on Saturday. I don't know if it's high enough, though. But I, given the slate, right, like, Remember a couple weekends ago, we had 9,000 options like crazy. Like, oh, you didn't like that fighter? You could go to this one. And it was nuts. Like, this week, would you rather roster Phil Hawes? Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, no, no. I mean, like, yeah, look at the 9,000 options. The one that I have the most confidence in, it, it's not a question in my mind. It's Alexander Romanoff. Yeah. Agreed. Like, I don't even know who number two would be that Steve I would have Garcia. that high confidence. Steve Garcia. We'll get to it. We got problems with that fight, too. That fight doesn't even make damn sense, but we're going to get to that. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll get to that there in a little bit. Of course, uh, one of the things that myself and Pete and the entire team here at Osmo love to see after a card is over, or games are over, is to see those screenshots of those winning lineups. Of course, we want to get into the Osmo Hall of Fame. The first thing you got to be doing, you got to be rocking that Osmo avatar on your DFS profile and get that over Osmo.com slash avatar uh, slash avatar place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. Tweet your win to at Osmo HOF win a free month of also plus platinum. And of course you can see it right there on the screen about some of the big wins that have come in here over the past couple of days. Uh, there you see rich green over half a million, man. Good kudos to you, bro. Nice. Uh, line there in NFL showdown. That is a good night, Pete. That, that is, that is pop the bottle open and celebrate a little bit. Y'all ain't seeing me if I hit a half a million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, congratulations to Carlos there. Went over 5,000 over there on the FanDuel side of the equation. Also, uh, more NFL prizes over there. Dan Vita, uh, going there in a captain's contest. Uh, Nick Cofield went 300,000. Man, yes. good to you, man. Kudos to you guys over there with that lineup of Austin Eckler in that MVP spot there, in the captain spot there, man. So, I always love seeing those screenshots. Uh, of course, I will be here on Saturday for the Live Four Lock. I don't know how it's been a couple weeks since I've done these Live Four yes. Locks, but I, yeah, Buck's uh, home this weekend. So, I will be here for Live Four Lock. I'm actually, uh, I'm, a, I'm on Live Four Lock for like the next uh, two weeks, three weeks, maybe. Nice. We'll we'll take you back, Jason. I guess we'll take you oh, back. <laughs> take me back. Oh, I see how it is. I see how it is. Yeah, it's uh yeah, nice, nice to have a one o'clock Sunday home game this week. It. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, you know what? I love daytime fights too. So I love the early fights, the early slate. 
it's kind of what I like. Um, you know, I could definitely watch them all and I don't have to worry about trying to watch while I'm supposed to work. Yeah, of course. Uh, prelims on Saturday start 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Main card 4 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, I'll both be on ESPN+. Plus. Next up, we got a matchup with Charles Rosa and Damon Jackson. Charles Rosa, a guy that, like, I mean, like, part of the thought process with his coaches has to be, hey, Charles, let's not play jujitsu off our back. I don't know, man, because he does it every fight. Uh, Charles Rosa has an unorthodox style of striking about him, uh, even from the regional side. Like I, I can remember like for CES and everything, like he stands sideways. He throws some good boxing combinations, but he likes to really kind of point fight on the outside with a, a lot of lead leg kicks. Um, he does have a wrestling background. He is a really, really good BJJ practitioner, but often finds himself on his back and, you know, he seems content there. He'll play the leg lock game. He'll, you know, start throwing up a high guard, you know, fishing for arm bars and all that stuff. But if you're against a guy who's wise to all that, you're losing the round. You're losing the round. You're on your back. Uh, you know, the, you, you have a fighter in Damon Jackson who hasn't really, outside of the Mursad Bektik fight, hasn't really shown his true skills within the octagon, I'd say, where he brings high pressure, high pace. Um, I think that he could possibly just maintain top position, avoid bad spots against Charles Rosa. I don't see either one of these guys submitting each other because Rosa seems damn near impossible to get rid of and submit. He's been in some of the deepest chokes and submissions I've seen. And somehow Bryce Mitchell fight. Yeah. He's got an extra lung. He, he doesn't care. Uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, Damon Jackson has slipped up in his losses. He has been knocked out. He has been subbed. So I think that naturally a lot of people will be looking in Charles Rosa's direction. He's so inconsistent, man. So inconsistent at 7,800. I get it. He's a part of my pool. But I, I kind of like the guy who's lost in the shuffle and Damon Jackson, 8,400. If he can just maintain top position, look at the fights that Rosa has lost. Like, uh, okay, I've seen what Derek Minner did. I've seen what Bryce Mitchell has done. I can replicate that, and I'm going to get a safe, easy win and try to go the distance, even though it's not really a part of his style. Well, Charles Rosa, 11th fight in the UFC. You, you want to talk about, there's some consistencies here. If you want to look at it. What is it? He has gone to the third round in all of his UFC fights with the exception of one. That was a submission win against Manny Bermudez. And he has a chance to do something for the first time he has not been able to do in the UFC, Pete. Grab a back-to-back -back win, I'm going to guess. Yep, he has never won back-to-back. -back. He has alternated wins and losses since he came in the UFC, and he is coming in. Off a win. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's like a random Marcos thing, right? Didn't she alternate wins and losses yeah. forever? Uh, that, that's why I'm just saying. Damon Jackson via decision plus 150. I like Damon Jackson in the fight just because I like the camp he comes from too, like in Fortis MMA. I don't know what the hell's going on with this ATT Sunrise thing. I've seen Charles Rosa there as well. I know it's like a, it's a, it's a, an well, affiliate. It's a, it's like a, I don't know. Explain it, it's it to a, me. It's an affiliate gym of ATT. Uh, Rosa has been at uh, Coconut Creek for a long time, uh, but his uh, long time, one time he was his manager. Now it's, I think it's just his coach, Charles McCarthy. Yeah. Um, he's, he's one of the coaches there at, at sunrise. So, uh, but yeah, you've seen him kind of bounce around at, at various gyms. And, you know, I think this is one of those situations for Charles Rosa. Um, you know, it, it's just, he, he's been an up and down fighter. And, you know, what, what concerns you is the fact of it is if this fight does hit the mat, um, he, he just, sometimes he just, it, it, he comes off as he just feels too comfortable playing jujitsu off his back. And, and the reality is, is that, more time, you know, it's it's unlikely that a judge is going to score a round for you if you're playing off your back. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's it's unlikely. You'd have to have an opponent in a deep submission, you know, hitting them, controlling the majority of the round, mm-hmm. threatening with finishes. Uh, because if you're just on your back where he is, he does he lacks a, a get up game. Uh, I, I haven't seen it at least. He lacks a get up game and he lacks urgency. And for those two reasons, I am going to side with Damon Jackson, even though I think a lot of people, a lot of the listeners and uh, a lot of players will be picking Charles Rosa as their chalky underdog. I'll get to him. I'm just going to look in the other direction and see a spot where I could have some leverage on the field. Of course, uh, the one fight change that we have seen here over the past couple of days is that Lupe Godinez has a new opponent initially supposed to take on Sam Hughes. She is now taking on Sylvania Gomez Juarez. Uh, Juarez was actually supposed to be on the contender series next week, so she steps yep. up into this opportunity here. Uh, Lupe Godinez, 8600 over on DraftKings, $18 on FanDuel. We do not have a price for Juarez over on DraftKings. She is $11 over there on FanDuel. But uh, we, we were texting before the show a little bit here, and uh, you know one of the things about Juarez is she's fought some tough competition. Yeah, she has fought some great competition. I'm, I'm intrigued with her with her salary, and uh, I'll have to see what it is. I'll also have to see how she looks, you know, on the scale. And that that goes for several fighters on this card. I definitely want to get a better read by watching the weigh-ins, and then come Saturday, we'll we'll have our final picks and all that. But as it stands right now, I'm intrigued with the underdog uh, because I, I she's not really stepping up on short notice. She had a contender series bout, like you speak of. Um, I think that she's fought some of the better competition and she has a victory over a UFC fighter in Vanessa Mello and her losses are to UFC fighters. So I view this fight as a very, very close contest. And I think that we could see moments on the feet where both fighters have, uh, you know, like, like the upper hand. And, uh, you know, I didn't really like Lupe Godinez in her debut. Like I, I was like, ah, oh, she should beat Jessica Penne. Penne's yeah. washed. And Penny goes out there and just surprises us all. And, you know, the, the fight IQ of Godinez is somewhat lacking. The urgency is lacking. Um, and if she's faced against a fighter in Juarez who can match her on the feet, skill for skill, with good low kicks, I'm interested. I think the 8,600 is just a little too rich for me to get behind. I'd rather look at some fighters, uh, you know, some other fighters in that price range. Uh, if I'm going to play anybody in the matchup, I probably would play Juarez, but this seems like a 15 minute decision stand up battle that I'm okay with somewhat fading the entire fight. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that one. We'll, we'll ultimately see what the price of Juarez is in this matchup, of course. So if you got any questions on the fights, be sure to leave those right now uh, in the YouTube chat. Of course, you're not subscribed also right here on YouTube. Be sure to do that. Uh, a ton of great shows for you each and every day. Of course, I come up here later on today, 6.30 p.m. each time we got NFL showdown, deeper dive as lawfully Alex and Ben will get you ready for tonight's NFL slate. Then we got the NFL showdown live before lock. Eric and Neil will get you ready to get their thoughts on tonight's NFL slate. So be sure to check out those guys. Of course, uh, hit that notification bell so you know when a show is live here on the channel. Of course, our final matchup of the card or the opening matchup of the card, Steve Garcia taking on Charlie Ontiveros, 9,100 for Steve Garcia. Ontiveros, 7,100, $21 and $9 respectively over there on Vandal. You can see uh, B shaking his head there a little bit here. Steve Garcia is a guy that I've known for years. Um, met him when he was on the regional scene. Uh, met him when he was uh, fighting for Bellator was a uh, was that was that ticket seller Pete uh, that you're familiar familiar with the fact of all of a sudden you sold too many tickets and magically you're now after the main card because they want to keep yeah. all your fans in the building you're yeah. very familiar with what that scenario is like there uh, but uh, you know this is a guy that's had had weigh in problems in the past um, you know he missed weight for the contender series. And now all the way up here to 55 after being a band of weight. Uh, I mean, this guy has fought tough competition, um, you know, throughout his, his time. I mean, he's fought Michael Page and Bellator. He's fought Jeff Neal. You know, he came in on short notice against Kevin Holland. Very scary uh, situation in that one. Um, this is a guy that, man, you don't trust his chin at all. No, not at all. I mean, this is a weird fight, Jason. Um, you have a former bantamweight. Um, now at lightweight, uh, you have a former middleweight now looking to come down at lightweight. Um, it's very odd. You know, they both haven't, Garcia hasn't been in the cage in a little bit. Um, Ontiveros hasn't looked good and throughout Ontiveros's career. Yeah. He's fought legitimate competition. He's game to step up and fight whoever, but as soon as, as soon as he's met with some resistance or, you know, he gets, you know, hit with a, a solid shot it seems like he somewhat checks out at times. Like uh, I can remember the, the Michael Venom page, he gets hit with an elbow on the ground and uh, uh, elbows don't feel nice, but uh, it's just his reaction. That was a little weird. Um, you know, when he's, when he gets hit with body shots, he clutches his body and he turns away from the fight. Um, the neck injury against Kevin Holland. I'm telling you, if you go through his, th- through his record, you'll see like inconsistent results. And a lot of that is resulting in him getting finished within a couple rounds. Um, he should be massive in this fight against Steve Garcia, but you know, cutting a tremendous amount of weight is not going to help your chin and it's not going to help your body to withstand body shots. And a guy who's a gamer with so much grit and determination and Garcia, despite the, you know, the, the frame differences, I think that Garcia is, you know, the, the heavy favorite for a reason. I think that he is mean. I think he has the edge in the grappling department and he has good ground and pound. I think he's going to get Ontiveros out of there, to be honest. Now, with all that being said, I'm playing Ontiveros in a, like a couple lineups because he has an amazing uh, kicking arsenal and good dexterity with his legs. He could always land something stupid, something stupid that sh- that probably shouldn't happen, but it does because he's very, very flashy and he throws things from odd angles. So I think that whenever you're fighting such an unorthodox fighter like that, they're live for a couple lineups just just in case they land that crazy spinning hook kick that that Steve Garcia doesn't see and he gets planted on the mat. Um, but I'll tell you what, like Garcia wins this fight ninety five percent of the time. 
yeah, I just feel like this is a fight that we have to prioritize. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be look, mainly in Garcia's direction. Like, I, I it, mean, Ontiveros, I can't really get behind him outside of, like I said, a couple lineups. It's low level. It's low level UFC yeah. right here. For I sure, mean, but sure. but these are one of the ones that you're going to have to go there. Of course, uh, if you do have any questions, be sure to line those up. We'll answer those there here in a moment. Let's give our straight up picks on the fights here. Let's start off with the first fight tonight: Steve Garcia, Charlie Ontiveros. I will go Steve Garcia. Steve Garcia. Uh, I will go Lupe Godinez. I'm going to go underdog uh, Gomez Juarez as of now. Uh, I will go Damon Jackson against Charles Damon Russell. Jackson. Uh, Romanoff. I don't even have to ask you that question. Romanoff, baby. <laughs> uh, Gutierrez and Kolaris. You kind of talked about Kolaris and potentially take down here. I, I'm still going to go Chris Gutierrez here. Yeah, I'm going Gutierrez still. I'm nervous, though. Uh, I will go Phil Hawes. Same. Nervous about that fight as well. Mazo for over Agapova for me. Mazo. Pretty confident. You know I do love glory, uh, but I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, Nikolai against Elliot. Yeah, Nikolai for me. Uh, I will go Randy Brown against Jared Gooden. Oh, man, one of the most nerve-wracking fights on the card. I'm going Randy Brown, though. I'm trying. Main event, give me the underdog in Maria Rodriguez. Yeah, really? Ooh, okay. I'm going McKenzie I think she keeps. I think she keeps it on the feet, and uh, she just uses her strikes there. Uh, of course, uh, I, I do want to mention a, a question we got uh, over uh, in Slack earlier today. Clement, want to know who is going to take down City? I think uh, Jared Vendera is. Um, who else could? Um, Phil Hawes might get taken to take down City. Honestly, Deron Wynn's going to be shooting like crazy. He needs to. But uh, Damon Jackson is another fighter that could be a sneaky one. Uh, Charles Rosa's takedown defense is somewhat lacking. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, to me, outside of Romanoff, I, I don't know if there's one that just really sticks out to me. I mean, Hawes has got that wrestling ability, so I think, you know, and, and, and Deron Wynn, outside of his last fight, really hasn't shown that, like, hey, I'm going to go for takedowns there. But, um, you know, to me, you know, you look at me and look, and potentially Mackenzie Dern, you know, if she can if she can get the fight to, to the ground there. Uh, Samuel with his usual question. So we have got, uh, you know, top two cash, GBPs, underdog MVPs. Favorite inside the distance, punt or upsets of the night, favorite uh, core or optimal plays, and the over-under on the amount of stoppages. Let's start there. Over-under on the amount of stoppages. So Ready? we've got five. I, 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 or we got ten fights. Excuse me. I have a feeling your number's going to be low here. No. I'm going to set set the line at six and a half. Oh, under. I say under as well, but I think it's close. Yeah, that's 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 a big number. You, it's only five and a half. Man, I might go over if it, you said five and a half. I'm telling you, I think we get six stoppages. Uh, top two cash uh, for me. Uh, it would be Romanoff would be number one for me. Um, number two, I would probably go with Sabina Mazo. I'm going Romanov and um, Mackenzie Dern. In terms of GPPs, uh, I would Romanoff would be a, G, a number one GPP for me. Uh, number two GPP, I would probably go Steve Garcia. I don't feel good about it, though. I would agree with you. I, I think the two top 9,000 options are easily the best. Um, and then two fighters that I think are the best GPP plays comes down to uh, Randy Brown against uh, Jared Gooden. I, I don't see how that fight's not a part of the optimal. How about some underdogs here? Who, who sticks out to you the most? Underdogs, man. It's a little weird. Um, like I said, I think I I have some exposure to Jared Gooden, some exposure to Deron Wynn. Um, 
But yeah, besides that, I mean, I think it's one of those guys. One of those guys comes through, possibly Kolaris. I'll make a group with those three, and uh, that's probably how I'll be creating a lot of my lineups. Um, El- but we're still waiting Elliot- on the salary of of uh, yeah. Loopy's opponent. Elliot could be an interesting underdog play. He's going to be chalky because of the the takedown upside, and you yeah. know, if Nikolaus takedown defense is not up to par, he's taking him to takedown city for sure. Uh, MVPs and champions. So obviously Romanoff, but I mean that he's going to be a very popular play a, a, mm-hmm. as an MVP. Um, you know, I, I think you got to look at, I think you got to look at the opening fight with Steve Garcia. Um, may, may Ray Brown. Yeah, I, it's interesting. It's a weird fight. Um, yeah, it, I, I think that Sabina Mazza is in an interesting spot, too. Uh, punt play of the night. Um, maybe is it Altaveros? Is that the punt play? Oh, God, please stop it. Is it really? No, it's not the trust either one of those guys. I mean, I mean, that that is a fight. We got to see what both of them look like on the scale. I, I would agree with that, but I can't really get behind Altaveros, man. Um, is it Kolaris at 7,300? It's a tie between Gooden and Win for me. Uh, favorite core or optimal plays for me? A, a core would probably be teaming up. Probably, I will probably team up Romanov and Mazo together a lot. I'll go Romanov, Dern, and then I'll start looking in that mid range to see who's getting forgotten. Yeah, of course. Uh, Sam, we appreciate you there in the super chat as always, man. I appreciate those questions that you uh, do uh, send in all the time. Uh, let's see here. Let me just see if I get some other questions in here. Uh, Halls is a much better play on FanDuel than DraftKings. Takedown defense is going to be crazy. Yeah, Aiden, my buddy. Um, I, I would agree because if he can stuff some takedowns like he has stuffed against Dawkins, uh, against Emoval, like I think that there's potential there, especially blonde hair, Phil Hawes, uh, part of Sanford <laughs> MMA. He's going to be prepared. I just would love to see his cardio. Maybe this is the fight where Phil Hawes shows him, shows us all like, hey, I have improved cardio, and I'm glad I got to show it in a three-round war that I can go three rounds just fine. You mentioned about that number of six and a half of finishes. Someone asked more finishes on the prelims or the main card. I love that thinking. Great, great question because there have been times where I have avoided the main card and there have been times where I've avoided the prelims. What are we thinking? Finishes on the prelims or finishes? So you got got five fights on the prelims, five fights on the main card. That is damn tough. I, I think you feel pretty good on two of the fights will definitely envy a finish. Romanoff, Vandera, Garcia, Ontiveros. Then the other three that you have on the prelims, you got Godinez and Juarez, yeah. Gutierrez, Kolaris, Rosa Jack. I feel like Rosa Jackson goes to the decision. Same. I might say main card. Or is there not? Yeah. Or is there only, imagine if there's only like three finishes for this whole card. You got to get them right. Oh, no, that, that's part about it, of course. So we'll be here on Saturday live before lock at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So be sure to check us out here on awesome.com. I will be here. Doesn't happen this time of year too much, but I, I will be here uh, on Saturday for it live for lock. I'll be on NASCAR uh, as well on Saturday. So be sure to check us out here on Saturday. Pete, uh, any uh, last things you want to mention before we get out of here? 
no, I just want to say thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back here Saturday. Can't wait. Um, hopefully we don't lose any fights and uh, I'll be keeping my eyes peeled to the Wayne's because I feel like we can get, definitely get a better read on some of these matchups going forward. Of course, if you have any questions before live for locking us over there on our premium Slack channel, also uh, leave a comment right here on YouTube. Myself or P will get to you because uh, we always do check those comments. So appreciate you taking time out to watch and listen to the also MMA strategy show. We will talk to you on Saturday for live before lock. Have a good day, everybody. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.